MailChimp presents. Clusters aren't always a bad thing. Like a cluster of stars in the night sky, or those crunchy little clusters in your cereal. But you know what's never good? A clustomer. A clustomer is what happens when marketers group customers with very different behaviors into one big messy audience. Like when someone receives a new customer coupon code, but they're already an existing customer. Intuit MailChimp can help. They offer email marketing personalization tools that help marketers send product recommendations and discounts based on behavior data, turning your customers back into the unique customers that they are. Intuit MailChimp, the number one email marketing and automations brand. Based on competitor brands' publicly available data on worldwide number of customers in 2021 and 2022. This is Going Through It, a show about women who found themselves in situations where they said, nope, no thank you, not on this particular day. And they made a decision to make a change and turn something around. I'm your host, Tracy Clayton. So many people want the crown. So many people gunning for your throne because they like, I want that. It's shiny. I want to sit up there. It's like, but you don't, but you don't, no one can ever understand all the things that come with it. That's Lena Waithe. Lena is a screenwriter, producer, and actress who made history by becoming the first Black woman to win an Emmy for outstanding writing for a comedy series, Master of None. Okay, if y'all have not seen that particular episode of Master of None, it is so good. Arguably the best one in the season. There is a Thanksgiving dinner scene that you were going to watch and be like, that's me. That's me. That's my people. Ugh. So good. You got to watch it. But... Since that win, Lena has focused on creating a lot more of her own content, which includes Showtime's The Shy and her most recent project, Twenties, an idea that came to her when she thought, what if we flip the script a bit? I know I'd just seen Girls. I was really fascinated by that voice and this sort of new wave of half-hour young person telling their story from their point of view and her friends. And I thought, why not have this with Black girls? So that would be really interesting. And that's really where the seed happened. And also, I think also my name being Lena, Lena Dunham, it just very much was a bit of a push to make sure my voice was heard and I was telling my story. So I just wrote a pilot. I fleshed it out. And she kept working on that pilot for years. And what it eventually became was a semi-autobiographical show that followed the journey of a mask-presenting Black woman trying to make it in Hollywood. It really took shape and and molded itself in a lot of different ways uh, over the years. But that's really how 20s began. And that's how the process goes, y'all. You see, you see how it works, how one idea forms another idea. And before you know it, you're hitting the streets of Hollywood with your larger than life dream laid out perfectly in a 30 page script. Except it ain't that easy to get that break. She'd seen it with other writers she admired. It was tough to get something done. I remember watching Issa struggle to get, you know, her show on HBO. It was so such a, a huge win when it finally got there. But why did it take so long? And then it finally hits and HBO's grateful as hell to have that show because it's like, yeah, it's actually, you know, people give a shit about that show and those characters. And when Lena was pitching her show 20s, it was hard to get people to even hear her. It was a completely different industry. What people were buying was completely different. Like patriarchy, white supremacy, power structure was just on 10. Like they just like people were just acting up and didn't care. And they would say stuff like, well, we got one black show, so we're good. Mm, mm, mm. Imagine that. 
we got one black show, so we good. You hear that? You see how they do it? Well, look, I know I've definitely heard that before. And it's like some folks just think that the black experience is a monolith. We have to give so much to fight for our stories. But that fight can either tear a sister down or make her want to tear some shit up. And Lena knew that she had something special with 20s and was not about to just stop because of a few setbacks. You know, me selling a TV show and realizing that that's more like being beaten to death with your own dream. Uh, And me having to go through the pains of like selling a show young and not having any real support while I'm there and not having any real help and not having any real allies. And so the journey began. Lena grabbed that pilot and she started shopping around. First stop, BET. Because who better to tell Black stories than a Black network? Duh. So we got to BET. They liked it. I think we're definitely, like, wanting to do that. But it wasn't the right time. It wasn't the right space for it to be there. Okay. All right. No problem. Bad timing. It happens all the time. No sweat. Who's next? And then Hulu uh, happened because I had a friend who was an exec at Fox who moved over to Hulu. And he was like, we're looking for all kinds of things, looking for comedy, this and that. I said, yo, I got a pilot. And they were like, write another script, like do an outline for episode three. So I really was in development with them. They would be on calls, all this stuff. We do all that. And of course, they're like, yeah, not going to do it. It's not, we're not ready for it yet. Okay, so we just going to put in all this work for not ready for it? Mm-mm. No, well, not not we, because I mean, I wasn't there. But I'm not going to lie, y'all. After this, what I would have had done is taken my ball and went home. Fortunately, Lena had a little more fight in her than I do. Then I meet this black chick who was like, I work at TBS and I want to do like black stuff. I said, I got this show 20s, take a look at it. They get all the way up to shooting the pilot. And they, they, at the end of it, they love the pilot, but they're like, we can't do it. So we just went through some weird merger or some shit, something. Blocked again. Ugh, another step forward just to take two steps back. Ain't that how it goes? But Lena was not about to let something as small as a no stop this show from happening. She went back to BET, who seemed to be having better timing now. Everybody at the BET, everybody's like, this is amazing. This would be crazy. This is on our network. And then picks it up for uh, eight episodes. Aha. Ah, you see that? You see that? How the tables turn. So after that, Lena and Twenties end up right where they started at BET. I'm dizzy just trying to take all that in. But through it all, Lena stood grounded in knowing that this show will be made. How? How? How does one do that? I need answers. My therapist won't tell me. She's making me figure it out for myself. And I freaking hate it. I'm always more interested in really defining the narrative. Because people call them struggles, but I really think that they are steps in the journey that are necessary for us to be the artists that we claim we want to be. I'm completely fascinated by Lena's journey and her story of perseverance and faith. Like, I knew I was definitely going to be learning so much from talking with her, but like, wow, what a powerful conversation about what happens when you believe in yourself. Who knew? Did you know? I didn't know. So, get your pens and papers ready, everybody. You might be pushed to write your own pilot after this conversation. And if you do, please give me a small yet pivotal role. Thank you in advance. This is Going Through It. So me, myself, personally, I feel like um, as Black folks, Black artists, Black women, Black people in general, we have to 
fight so hard for the value of our work, for the right to tell our own stories. And it sounds like you had, well, you did have to do a lot of that. And I was listening. I was just like, I'm so tired and I'm not even the one who had to do that. You know, like, is it, is it exhausting? How do you keep your, your energy up and like stay motivated? Um, it's not exhausting because the work is invigorating. Like there's nothing mm. more, you know, there's no better high. The spirit has come in the room and you're writing and you're going and the characters are talking to you and you're coming up with good jokes and you like it what you write now. It's a beautiful thing. The rest of it is is the hard part. <laughs> like that's the exhausting part. I love there's a beautiful, mm. nothing has ever captured. I think being a Black, or just an artist, period, but I'm, I'm a Black artist, so I'll say a Black artist. But then watching Dennis Rodman in his sort of episode of The Last Dance, they, they sort of, they did episode where it was mm. more focused on him. And mm-hmm. he's he's being interviewed by someone while he's working out. And they're just like, is this just all like, just exhausting and hard and everything you do going through? He was like, no. He's like, the basketball part is amazing. Mm-hmm. He's like, that's fun. He's like, when I'm out there doing that, yeah, I couldn't be happier. He said, the rest of the shit around it is what y'all pay me to do. <laughs> it's like, he's like, that's what, mm. that's where my check comes in. And I could not have mm-hmm. related. Like, I was like, this docu-series alone, like, he got the best, he was, the- that was the best line. Like, he literally uh-huh. rebounded the best line. <laughs> um, it was phenomenal. <laughs> because I was like, that's right. Like, the work is fantastic. Like, that's fun. You know, um, writing the pilot for The Shy, I'll never forget that experience. Writing the pilot, writing all those drafts of 20s, get the- writing Queen and Slim. Like, there were days it was just, like, flowing out of me. That is an, a, a wonderful feeling to be creating because so many people, and also to work as hard as I've worked to to make it so I can get kind of good at it. Like, that's really mm-hmm. great when you know, like, okay, this is working. I'm finally getting the hang of it. Uh, it's like watching Spike Lee's evolution. It's like when you watch mm. She's Gotta Have It to School Days, you're like, oh, man, like, he's yeah. grown so much and he's got some money now. And like, okay, he's in it. You know, <laughs> and then you get into, you know, Do the Right Thing and Malcolm X and Mo Better Blues, all that kind of stuff. Because it's like he is literally walking in his purpose. And so that's yeah. great. But the rest of the stuff around it of like the politics and dealing with execs and the notes and different personalities and, and, and you know, people having misunderstandings or, or thinking you did something that you didn't, you're like, wait, what? Like that stuff is where it gets really crowded. Yeah, that's the thing that I always try to do when I'm talking to creators is just like get into like the nitty gritty parts of it, right? Like your, um, especially as a black creative, like when you have to walk into um, a boardroom full of white folks, full of white men, and like you know, it, when this happens, like to me and for me, I always instantly just feel like, uh, now I have to like go through like dealing with like the racism and the patriarchy and the sexism and the, all of this just so I can get back to my art. You know true, what I mean? True, and I get that, and your feelings are valid, but the truth is that time is better spent making your script better and undeniable. Mm. So when people are like, I'm sitting on gold, don't know why I ain't got there yet. I'm like, then maybe it's not gold yet. You know what I'm saying? Because the truth Mm. is, like, if there's a great project, everybody Mm -hmm. wants it. Everybody Uh wants it. I've I've, I've had had that experience, like, where people were like, oh, this is a competitive situation. Queen of Slim was a competitive situation. Uh Uh-huh. You know, because I had Melina next to me. I went and got her first before I went to any studio. I said, I need my girl Mm -hmm. next to me to do this with. And for those who don't know, Melina Mitsukis was the director of Queen and Slim, and Daniel Kaluuya was one of the lead actors. And Daniel was a was a God dream because I didn't have, you know, my plan was to grab Melina and we go out and cast this thing and figure out who our leads mm. would be. Daniel and I had dinner just on some, you know, friendship. 
He was like, what you working on? I gave him the log line. He was like, I have to read that now. Mm. I got to read it. Killing cops? Send it to me now. <laughs> I said, cool. He <laughs> read it. Extremely my shit. <laughs> he read it quickly, emailed me. and was like, uh-huh. I have to be slim. Like, I'm sorry. Yeah. I, I, I got to be slim. And I'm like, well, I, you got to wait because I got to get Melina on board first. And then she got to see if that's cool. He said, I will wait. And he waited. He waited because it took Melina forever to read the script. It's okay. She's going to be mad mm-hmm. when I said that. But she was going through some family <laughs> shit. To her read the script. She finally read it and was like, this is my movie. Like, this is my first movie. I got to direct this thing. And that's mm-hmm. when I knew I had something. Because I was like, she had been, she's been offered the world to direct like please everybody in your mama want her to direct a movie and she just was like nope 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 no no obviously this ain't it this ain't it so for her to read my shit and be like this is it mm. i was like okay we got one we got one we got one we got one and i said right. guess what daniel kaluuya wants to be slim she was like i won't see him as slim he ain't slim <laughs> and i'm just like i know i have the same thing but just go meet with him and i promise you sure and she's like i'll give him five minutes she goes sits down uh-huh. with him they talk for five hours she's like you're right he's slim so and literally uh-huh. in a matter of like months i packaged my own movie i got melina me me and Daniel Kaluuya. And we got this script mm. that people have seen the film, love it or hate it, love, you can't deny that there's something there. So yeah, people are sure, like, wait a minute, sure. you three musketeers and this script? Okay, what y'all want for it? <laughs> and so we got, so it was a competitive situation. So that's why I tell people, I'm like, if you got some heat, this town mm-hmm. gonna find it and read it. That I will give this the Hollywood credit. They know when something is popping. It's like, I mean, the yeah. fact that Moonlight came out of this town, like, Come on, bro. So like you, they, they will find you if it's right yeah. and it's hidden. You will be found. If you haven't been yeah. found yet, find yourself first. Ooh, I like that. I like that. Find yourself. Find first. you. Absolutely. You got to find yeah. you. I had to find me in order to, to get shy. That's how mm. the shy came. You know, I had to mm-hmm. be like, oh, I want to just write this story. And yeah. that's and I wrote that. There was nobody paid me to do that. I wrote that script. Justin Simeon read it and was like, "Bitch, this is the best thing you've ever written." And I was like, "Word." <laughs> he was like, "Yeah." He said, "Fuck it, go." And so I would give Justin Simeon a lot of credit because he was like, "This is it. Said, this is this is different. Uh-huh. This hit different because he had obviously read twenties, awesome. and twenties had wasn't happening yet. But what did I do? Did I sit? Did I stew on that? No, I fucking went and wrote the shy. Uh-huh. So then I had these two pilots that one was and, and people have seen the shy and twenties. People were like, "Who are you?" They were like, how yeah. did this, these two scripts come from the same brain? I was like, no, like, this is just what I do. <laughs> I'm just dope like that. I don't no, know. I'm dope even, and I do dope Not shit. even. It was just like, <laughs> this needed to be a drama. This was an hour. Telling mm. the stories of these young Black men on the south side of Chicago was a drama. I'd never written a drama before. Comedy is my mm. background. Obviously, mm-hmm. that's where I live, you know, but, <laughs> but, that, but I had to write that as a drama. And I did. Yeah. And I wrote it my way. If you build it, they will come, it sounds like. Yeah, but just make sure you build something phenomenal. Had to build something good. That's very, very build important. Build something really great. Yeah, which it seems like you did with um, Queen and Slim, to backtrack a little bit. Um, I remember the first time I heard about the movie, I was just like, so uh, on the first date, some black people kill a cop and then they just together forever. I was like, this is just the most ridiculous thing I've like ever heard of in my life. But I was also like, hmm, like I was really, really intrigued. I wonder... When you are, like, presenting stories like that, right, stories that are so, like, dynamic and so new and so different, how do you, um, like, process the feedback and the critiques that you get? Like, how do you determine what feedback is valid and important and what is not? Well, it's twofold. The feedback you get in the creative process is very different. That you only take people you really trust. Uh, But even sometimes Mm. somebody you really trust, you may still disagree with. 
So yeah. it has to be a balance. You can't hate every note that people give you. That that's like crazy because they're just like, what do you, you know, something's up. We you don't. the only common yeah. denominator. <laughs> uh, but it's fair for you to say, look, I hear that note. I disagree with it. Let me look at it. Let me try it. You know, you you want to be a, a, I call it being a good artist, and that during your mm. creative process. You got to hear from some people, even if it's some shit you don't want to hear. Uh, but yeah. it is up to you. But you also have to be a responsible artist and not taking notes that don't make the script better. And also not taking a note because you don't want somebody to feel bad. You know, don't take a note mm. because you feel like, you know, that person's older than you and they've worked longer. Like, no, like, because like my men- my mentors, Mara, Gina and Ava, have a, they have very different writing styles for me. Like, yeah, even though I've sure. learned from them and came under them. I'm a very different writer um, and, mm-hmm. and, and like filmmaker. And they know that and respect it. And, you know, we have a lot of mutual respect for each other. So, yeah. Um, so yeah, so there's that. And then when you jump to when the movie is out, that the, the feedback and the critique, whatever you get, like, in a way, once your creative process is done and you give it to the world, it is no longer mm-hmm. yours. That sounds so scary to me. But that is what it means to be an artist. Mm. Being an artist is scary. You're right. It's like <laughs> well, Baldwin, if Baldwin didn't give us a bill so we could talk, like you, we would have never yeah. had, you know, to to look at, to 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 study, to smell, to for, yeah. for 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 you know, Barry to adapt. Like so, he had to give it to us. Yeah, or he didn't. He yeah. didn't have to give it to us. I'm grateful that he did. I'm grateful he gave uh-huh. us all of that work. I'm grateful yeah. Lorraine Hansberry gave us a raisin in the sun before oh, she died at 34. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So if mm-hmm. she said, well, I don't know if I want to give them this because of all right. the things in it that I'm saying yeah. that are very yeah. much ahead of his time. If she was too mm-hmm. afraid to give us that, then yeah. we wouldn't have we wouldn't have had the first uh, playwright on Bro- black black playwright to have their play on Broadway. But I get it. I think sometimes people make stuff and don't want to show it to people. And that's mm-hmm. fine. But that's a different kind of artist. You can make art yeah. for yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, but some people, like for me, I'm glad I gave people 20s. So that mm-hmm. way, women that look like me and walk through the world like me feel seen and feel less alone. Yeah. I'm glad for I made sure. the shy because people are saying, oh, we see a form of Black humanity on the south side of Chicago. It really is a gift that you can give someone. You so. got to give people your... Thank God Barry and Terrell gave me Moonlight. I've never... I've seen that, I saw the movie three times in a movie theater. Three mm. times. Mm-hmm. Three yeah. different occasions I paid to go see that movie in the movie theater. You never know whose thirst you're quenching. Right. So speaking of putting your baby out into the world, and I love the way that you said it, like, because it's kind of when it's out in the world, it's not yours anymore. And you can't really, like, police who has access to it. When um, Queen and Slim came out, I remember one of the criticisms that um, I heard and read, was reading about on Twitter, was that a lot of people felt like um, the, the depictions of trauma was just too much, which I'm sure you've heard. Like a lot of one of the criticisms that I read referred to as like trauma porn, which that phrase makes me feel away. But the idea of needing to take a break from traumatic shit. And I mean, like, I feel like where we are now and what's happening like outside as we speak is like an example of it, right? Like when there's so much trauma on the outside in the world, Sometimes it's hard to bring that trauma like into like our entertainment spaces. What did you make of that particular critique and why was it important for you to show the shit that black people go through at that time and in that way when you did it? Well, I think um, I'm of the belief system that it is a, a black artist's duty to reflect the times in which they live. Mm. 
So it's interesting because you call it entertainment. One of my favorite songs by Nina Simone is Mississippi Goddamn. Mm-hmm. That is a song. Mm-hmm. It's an entertain. Mm-hmm. It's a very entertaining song. Mm-hmm. It's almost upbeat. Yeah, it sounds like a train chugging along. Right now. Uh-huh. You're beating your head to it. You're, you're, you know. But she's telling you something mm-hmm. about a place and about a time in our country, and it's it's beautifully stated and it's bluntly stated. It's Mississippi. Goddamn is the title of the song. Yeah, strange yeah. fruit. Is a beautiful, haunting song. You can't, we can't, how do we hold up Billie Holiday singing beautifully about Black bodies swinging from Southern trees Mm. and tear down a movie in which I say Black cops are killing us Mm. and I refuse to look away. And I'm not saying they belong in the same category. I'm not hyping myself up, but I am saying that there's a similar thing happening is that we're Mm -hmm. telling people a truth. It's, it's like, I do find it to be somewhat ironic when you have that ending, but the ending of Boys in the Hood, the ending of Menace to Society, the ending of Higher Learning, you know, it still goes on. It's like, this is the end, the end, I'm sorry, but the ending of Do the Right Thing. The climax of that film is Radio Raheem being violently killed by a police officer. So yeah. we have to, you can't pick and choose now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, right now, things are intense outside. There are revolutions happening every which way, which I love to see and I'm very excited about. Nervous, of course, but I feel like one thing that people always look forward to when I ask them, like, you know, like, where is your silver lining in this shit show? A lot of times people are just like, the art that comes out of this situation is going to be amazing. Do you yourself, like, as you're, like, watching the news and you're, like, if you're, like, doom scroll through Twitter like I do, which hopefully you don't because it's not a great pastime, do you feel like yourself, like, being inspired and moved by what's happening, like, as it's happening? Does that question make sense? Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, am I inspired to write about what's going on right now? Yeah, yeah. Uh, The weird thing is, is I think this is Black people's daily lives. You know, this, what's happening for us, yes, it's great that other people are waking up, but we have not been asleep Mm, mm -hmm. this whole time. Mm -hmm. So in a way, it's almost like this this is not new to us. Mm-hmm. So we've always been writing about it. That's why some people could say, oh, well, you you already wrote Queen of Slim. Somebody would maybe argue, do you write Queen of Slim post this? It's like, I wrote yeah. this before that because yeah. this has been our reality for a very long time. All you have to do Absolutely. is go back and look at the, the footage of, of the civil rights movement. Mm-hmm. Who's hosing down mm-hmm. the college students? Who's sicking dogs on them? Police officers are. Mm-hmm. This is not new to us. So... I'm inspired by our lives every day. <laughs> just, yeah. You know, not just today, you know? Yeah. Where do you find Black joy? I find it everywhere. I find it everywhere. I see us on Instagram still finding ways to be joyful. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if a Black person did this, but there is a lovely meme going around of, like, Nancy Pelosi <laughs> and, like, her whole <laughs> squad with with obviously masks on <laughs> and can't say cloth hanging around their shoulders, looking just very intense. And somebody says, if somebody showed you this picture in 2019 with no context, like you would freak out. And that's like so true. And I said, a Black person definitely wrote this because 
I fell out. I just was like, this is so true. Like, what is happening? <laughs> they look like they graduated from Howard University or something. It's like, right. what is happening, dog? You guys are misusing these. I was like, she don't these. even go here. You guys are misusing <laughs> these. These are not for you. <laughs> I went to like the smallest, teeniest, tiniest, most racist ass little college that nobody's ever heard of. Confederate flags everywhere. Big ass picture. Jefferson Davis everywhere. <laughs> like pretty much that was just like the theme. Um, and of course, somehow little black Tracy got tasked with the Martin Luther King program, of course. Right. And there weren't enough black people on campus. There were like 20 black people on campus out of 1100. And there were not enough black people on campus to like have enough black people in the show. So I said, you know what? If y'all not gonna uh, do any like serious recruiting, I'm about to have three of y'all like whitest, whitest students in fucked up braid wigs, no. <laughs> Afro wigs. And I had them say, I had them put their fist up in the air and say, say it loud. I'm black and I'm proud. And when that no. happened, I could not breathe in that auditorium. I was like, sure, it's really uncomfortable for everybody else. But I thought it was just like hilarious. I was That's like, yeah, amazing. yeah. That's amazing. This discomfort, this is us every day. True every story. day. True story. <laughs> um, okay, last question. Yeah. This question, I promise, is not about me at all. Okay. Um, I have a friend who, again, is not me at all. Okay. My name is Tracy and her name is Stacy, which is how you know. It's two, it's different, two people. different people. Two different people. Right. Completely. Um, my friend Stacy, she, um, not unlike yourself, is a um, kind of an artsy soul. You know, she's a writer. She thinks she's a singer, but I don't think she sounds God, like I think we me. all think we're singers at some point. Go ahead. Mm, but this one, though, should really, like, calm down, probably. But she wants to know, like, what to remember when she's trying to pick her battles, right? Like, when you've got, um, when you're trying to pitch something or trying to get something made and you've got, like, okay, well... Here is one roadblock. Here's another. Here's another. How do you pick and weigh and choose your battles in a smart way? You know what? I think it depends on the situation. You really got to, you know, do that. You got to look at what the scenario is. And I've been faced with many, you know, where I've wanted to go off and I wanted to snap. But I think to me, I think the situation will will really reveal what what the battle is and what the battle looks like. But mm. I do think unless it is a revolution, like then yelling won't serve you. Mm. So if it's a if it's a, 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 a mini battle and it's you and that other person, it's like I think it's, it's better to fight smart and strategically and quietly than to snap, yell and snap and kind of be like, I told them because <laughs> sometimes that it's like, cool, okay, but what do you have to gain from that? Mm. Like, so what are you really gaining? <laughs> outcomes and consequences. Yeah, Important. just think about the, think about the, what, what the gain is. It's uh-huh. like, if you have more to lose, then you have to gain mm-hmm. by yelling or not handling it in a way, in a certain kind of way, then like, don't, don't do the thing. Like, make sure yeah. that y- you, you win in the long run. Mm-hmm. And, and sometimes yeah. people get they people get confused as to what winning can look like. To me, it's almost like what I loved about that Amy Cooper video was how calm my guy was. Like, yes. he was like, oh my call the police. Blah, blah, blah. Well, he's like, she's ex- she's exerting energy. She's frazzled. Uh-huh. She's out of breath. He's cool. He's calm. 
He's just like, I'm going to do this thing. And he mm-hmm. won, you know, in the end of it. And I do respect what people are saying about race politics and that just because he's squeaky clean does not mean his life exactly. uh, means more than someone who, who who may have a record or have, have a past. It's just like, yo, we, are we are, all of our lives are valid. For sure. Um, Lena Waith, this was amazing and fantastic. Thank you and- for having me. Appreciate y'all. Talking to Lena really put some things in perspective to me when it comes to being Black, being creative, and releasing your own work. Sometimes when you're doing this work, it can be really, really isolating. But to remember that we all stand on the shoulders of the greats who have done this work before, people like Lorraine Hansberry, one of my personal favorites, James Baldwin, to Mara Brock-Akil, and now Lena Waithe, I might not feel all that alone, you know? And you know what else? You know what else I don't feel alone? When I went my home, girls. These are the people who see me and get me the most. So we had a digital dinner party because of social distancing and all that stuff in the coronavirus era. And we talked about some techniques you've learned to get folks to agree with you when you know that they don't agree with you, but also you know that you're right. All right. Well, cheers, everybody. Cheers, cheers. to technology. Do y'all know one of the things that I love most about being a Black girl? is being so smart. We're so smart and we have such great ideas. And what sucks is that a lot of times people don't expect us to be smart or have great ideas or they want to uh, change them or, you know, they're just racist as shit. And they're just like, eh, rah, 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 rah. What are some techniques that y'all have used to get people um, to agree with you when you know that they don't and you know that you're right? Like, this is the plan. This is a good plan. This is how we do this. How do you convince people to let you cook, basically? Well, you know what it is? I think, honestly, I think it comes down to persistence. I think it's just like, I just determine really quickly, is this something that I care a lot about or not? Uh-huh. If it's something that I, that it, it isn't that vital or it isn't that urgent or I don't care that much about it, like if I care more about being right than having the thing done a certain way, then I back off. If I actually believe that I am right, then like it is effortless for me to be persistent with somebody and getting them to see things my way. It's just like the energy just flows. (laughs) It's like the ancestors (laughs) just speak through you. You're right. When I'm right, I'm right. (laughs) I, I wish I felt that way more strongly because I'm very susceptible to peer pressure. I second guess myself a lot. I guess what I'm trying to say is that I'm not very confident in my ideas all the time. Unless I'm by myself and I'm like, yo, this is a bomb ass idea. Oh my gosh. Like being in a situation where you're just like, hey, here's a great idea. And they're like, meh. Then you're like, it, it, what is it not? I guess it wasn't a great idea. Like when you're the only one and you can't check that against somebody else, it's a lot. Yeah. When I was new to Podcasts in Color, I had a blog where I would write like podcast tips I was thinking about. Mm -hmm. And it was like probably three or four blogs in, not long at all. And a group of podcasters that were men took one of my blogs and like dragged me. And I just said, you know, other things that you can maybe do for money, like, um, you know, keychains or, you know, like wine glasses, you know, things that might go with your podcast. And like literally... It stopped me from writing blogs, but then I got probably worse on Twitter because I was like, over time, as everything I was saying and thinking about was coming true in podcasting and the other mm. things, I was like, 
Mm. Y'all can't tell me shit. Not <laughs> a day. I was just like, it made me like I'm more confident now at the beginning of podcasting color, which is like what almost five, six years ago. Um, like it was harder and now I'm more like even if you don't believe it or you say it's not true or yeah. you're like, I don't know about that, I'm like, I'm more confident in myself and all the things that I read and all the things that I understand to know what's about to happen. Right. And I think I think I like Brittany said like I if it's different because now I'm like a hundred I mean I've always been a hundred percent in my decisions but I think when you're younger it is it's just repetition it's repeating yourself it's if you believe in yourself because like the world does try to make you think you're wrong all the time and so it's, just, it's all about like just believe, you have then it's really hard you've really got to like unlearn everything you've ever learned in your life and just just take that self-belief because you need to believe in your ideas and what you're saying. You need to be, you believe you need to believe it's true. Thank you so much for tuning in again. I know I shouldn't be surprised that you come back. I'm just so honored and humbled every single time. Going Through It is an original series made in partnership with MailChimp and Pineapple Street Studios. Executive producers for Going Through It are Jenna Weiss-Berman, Max Linsky, and Agaranesh Ashagre. Shout out to the producers of Going Through It. Our lead producer is Josh Gwynn. Production by Jess Jupiter and Janelle Anderson. Our editor is Beyonce's Okay to our Megan the Stallion song and her name is Leela Day. Also, thanks so much to the voices of the folks you heard sound off in this episode. Hey DJ, when you get a second, like no pressure, no rush. Let's hear those names. Renee Richardson. Brittany Luce. Barry. Our original music is by Dawood Anthony and our engineer is Hannes Brown. Special thanks to Eleanor Kagan for being the alpha, the origin, the originator of this entire party we've been having. Stay in touch. I get lonely very, very easily. You can find me on Twitter at Broken McPoverty. And you can find me on Instagram at the same handle. Please be sure to tell your friends and family about the show. It's the best way to grow an audience. And don't you want everybody to be as happy as you? What, most people? Yeah, probably. Anyway, make sure to rate and subscribe to Going Through It on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever free podcasts are sold. That's it. I'm out. Come back next week. Okay. Goodbye. See you later. Be safe.